1: He will say on his deathbed, I have waited for thy salvation, O Lord. Now, since the word of salvation is Yeshua, and since Yeshua means Jesus, really what he's saying on his deathbed in Genesis 49 18, I have waited for thy Jesus, O Lord. And it's just like, just like, he was longing for Jehovah Jesus, just like King David did in Psalm 119, 174. Psalm 119, 174. I have longed for thy salvation. I have longed for thy Jesus and thy law is my delight. See, when Joseph said those words of only being satisfied with Jehovah Jesus himself in Genesis 49, 18, I have waited for thy salvation. Think about where Jacob was. I said Joseph. I meant Jacob, sorry. Think about Where Jacob was, he was in Egypt under the care of his son Joseph, who was the ruler of the most powerful country in the world. That meant that when Jacob said that, he would only be satisfied by getting close to Jehovah Jesus, that he had been waiting for Jehovah Jesus. When Jacob said that, think of what Jacob had from Joseph. He had the best protection and safety he could have. He had the finest food of Egypt, in the best land, Goshen, in Egypt, with the best best clothing in Egypt. Yet with all those things, Jacob was now not satisfied until he was with the one he waited for, God's salvation. At that point, Jacob had risen from the low level of interest in normal, ordinary life to the high level of interest in God alone. And when we see these two levels here, of the low level and the high level, it's encouraging for us. It's encouraging for us to know we can go from the low level to the high level. If we, on the paths of our lives, if we see ourselves stuck in the low level, trapped with concerns over failing health, over cares that are corroding us, over sorrows that are overwhelming us over because of loss... If, and if the things of God have just lost their magic, they've lost their thrill, so that we would say, like Jacob, yeah, I'm worried about so many things that I cannot sleep. Oh, by the way, I saw a large group of angels today. But I'm worried about so many things I can't sleep. If the things of God have become a, oh, yeah, well that was an interesting, that was an interesting sermon. Oh, yeah, but I'm concerned about God has a way to lead us upward, and, but it takes our work. It takes work. It's not a drift. Our work is to set our hearts on things above and set our hearts away from things below. We have to set our hearts, as it says in Colossians 3, 1 and 2, Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth, if we, have to, if we have to see that our hearts are set on things that are higher, things that are nobler, these must allure our sight. We don't passively float and fall into that, things that are above. We must set our affection. It's work. Set our affection. I thought you can't control your affection. You can say, well, what if you say, prayer? It's hard to pray. I don't feel like praying. What do I do when I don't feel like praying? Set your affection means you pray when you feel like it, you pray when you don't feel like it, you pray till you feel like it. You just do it. See, Israel's commanded to set their affections on God when it said in uh, 1 Chronicles 22, 19, 1 Chronicles 22, 19, now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. Arise, therefore, build ye the sanctuary of the Lord God to bring the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the holy vessels of God into the house that is to be built to the name of the Lord. So Israel is told, set your heart, set your affection on the Lord God. But if we are going to successfully, if we're going to successfully going to set our affection on things above, then we've got to make a break with things below. Colossians 3, 5. Colossians 3, 5. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. See, to remove the set on sinful interest, we're called to march those interest desires up at dawn to the firing squad. And ready, aim, fire, each one. Matthew six nineteen. Matthew six nineteen. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust nor thieves, nor thieves break through nor steal. For where your heart is, there will your treasure be. Sorry, the other way around. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. See, we're told to see the possibility of real treasures in heaven and to lay up those treasures above by serving God for future rewards and realize that what we lay down here below is gonna fall apart. Luke 12, 15, Luke 12, 15. He said unto them, Take heed, beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. We're told to realize life is not made up by how many toys? By how much we have on earth. Psalm 62:10. Psalm 62:10, trust not in oppression. And become not vain in robbery, if riches increase, set not your heart upon them. It's hard when riches increase, to not set your heart on them. We 're told, resist it. Resist it. What helps? A well, walk through a cemetery is very therapeutic. OK, first, John. 2.15, 1 John 2.15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, it's not of the Father. It's the world. And the world passeth away. And the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. We're told to consciously categorize what part of the world each part of the world, categorize each part of the world into three groups. The lust of the flesh, or immediate pleasure. The lust of the eyes, or pleasures in the future. And the pride of life, looking back on self-achievements. Now, we probe out these truths in verse 1 here. we got to ask two questions. You see, these angels, first of all, why were the angels there? And second of all, why were the angels seen by Jacob? So, why were the angels of God there? Jacob was about to go into a great trial in meeting Esau, and Esau wanted to kill Jacob, and the powers of darkness wanted to kill and exterminate Jacob and his family, just as the powers of darkness have wanted to exterminate Jacob's family or the Jewish people down through the ages. And God knew that Jacob needed help against both Esau and the powers of darkness, so God sent the angels of God to protect him, to help him. The angels of God were God's provision to help Jacob because God knew Jacob was in trouble. Jacob was in danger. This is a pattern with God. He knows the unseen forces that are amassing to destroy, and he sends angels as his help. He sends help, as he did, in, and we see it in the case of Peter in Luke twenty-two thirty-one. 31, Luke twenty-two thirty-one, 31, and the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. See, like Jacob in verse one, who was just going on his way in life, he didn't know he's just walking along. He's just going on his ways. Peter just going on his way in life. Peter didn't know he was unaware. He didn't know about any unseen power. And all that time, Satan has been making specific plans to destroy Peter's faith. When all of a sudden, Peter is surprised to hear that he's been the focus of Satan. And and, and then he's surprised to hear that, don't worry, Peter, the Lord's prayed for you, so your faith will not be destroyed. The angels of God were there in verse 1 because they were sent by God. That word sent is critical to understanding angels and what they are. In their essence, that's what angels are. They are sent ones. This can be seen in the Hebrew word. And the Hebrew word for angel is malach. And it comes from the Hebrew word alach, alach, which is to send or to go. The word malach is also the Hebrew word for ambassador because an ambassador is a sent one. And, and, and we're called ambassadors in 2 Corinthians 5.20, 2 Corinthians 5.20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us we pray you, and Christ said, be ye reconciled to God. The word malach, or sent one, is important for us because there can be no effective preaching unless a person is malach, sent. As it says in Romans 10.15, Romans 10.15, how then shall they preach if they are not sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them which preach the gospel of peace and bring good tidings of glad, good thing, good, glad tidings of good things. The word malach was important for the Lord. Because when he stood up in the synagogue in Luke 4.8, Luke 4.8, he announced his mission in life when he said, from Isaiah 61.1, from Isaiah 61.1, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent, Malak, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. He said he was sent which it's not Moloch, it's like Moloch, Shelach, it has the root, same root in it, same root as of Lach, it's a go or walk, come, as Malach. Lach, lach was the first words that God spoke to Abraham in Genesis 12, 1, when it says, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country from thy kindred, and so forth. Get thee out, Lech Lacha, from Lach. So angels are malach, sent once, to go. A prophet is also a sent one with a message. As a matter of fact, one of the prophets had the name, as if God was speaking about him, of my sent one. And that was the prophet Malach, Ki. Ki is my. Malach is the same word as angel, meaning my sent one. E at the end means my. Malachi, or as we say Malachi. Another prophet was Haggai. And when Haggai, 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 how do you say it? Haggai, right? how do you say it, Haggai? Okay, Haggai. Was speaking about himself, Haggai, anyway, it doesn't matter. He, he used the same word, Moloch, which is used for an angel, to describe that he was sent by the Lord with a specific message for Israel in Haggai one thirteen. Haggai one thirteen. Then said Haggai, the Lord's messenger, that's Moloch, in the Lord's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, saith the Lord. See, in essence, Haggai said that he was he was the Lord's Moloch. He was like Malachi, because he was a messenger sent by the Lord. So like an angel, a prophet is a Moloch, or sent one. But not just a, 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 the prophet is a Moloch, also the priest. He's a Moloch also, or sent one with a message, as Malachi said in Malachi 2.7, Malachi 2.7. For the, the priest's lips should keep knowledge. They should seek the Lord at his mouth, for he is the messenger, the Moloch of the Lord of hosts. The priest is a Moloch. He's sent by God. The prophet is a Moloch, sent by God. The word, as we said, means to go or walk. So the angels of God were there with Jacob because they were sent by God. Why were the angels of God seen by Jacob? He didn't see them before. Why are they seen? Clearly, to encourage Jacob. Jacob was physically drained He was emotionally drained by this great confrontation, this life and death confrontation with Laban. He was all drained out. He was in great need of encouragement. So what did God do to encourage his child Jacob? Let him see the angels of God. There's no talk between Jacob and the angels of God. Just Jacob sees them. They meet him. What an encouragement to Jacob. When Jacob saw those angels, what did that mean to Jacob? When was the last time that Jacob saw angels? Mm -hmm. Right, when he was running. And again, Genesis 28 at Bethel. Genesis 28, 12. Genesis 28, 12. He dreamed. Behold, the ladder set up on earth, and the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. What did those angels signify to Jacob? When Jacob saw those angels, that marked a new chapter in Jacob's life. The old chapter of Jacob's life in the home of Isaac had come to a close, and the new chapter of Jacob's life in the home of Laban was about to open. Seeing those angels was the mark of the chapter break in Jacob's life. What do what, what these angels signif- now, signify now for Jacob in verse 1? Same thing. They mark a new chapter in Jacob's life. The old chapter in Jacob's life of Jacob in the home of Laban, that's come to a close. Now there's a new chapter in Jacob's life as Israel, with power, with men, with God. That's about to open. But what do these angels do? Well, we cannot see, in verse 1, we can't look at verse 1 in these angels without asking the questions. What do they do? And how are they important in our lives? Well, first of all, God has made angels to be his strong ministers to help us. As it says in Psalm 104.4, Psalm 104.4, who maketh his angels' spirits, his ministers, a flaming fire. As we quoted in Hebrews 1.7. And of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels' spirits and ministers of fire. And then in that same chapter, Hebrews 1.14, Hebrews 1.14, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister? To who? For them who shall be heirs of of salvation. Angels are present, but they're not seen. And we see that in 2 Kings 6.17, seventeen. Second Kings 6.17, when it says, "Elijah prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Now, where have we seen angels in Genesis so far? Where do we see them? Apart? Oh, oh, Say it. In the garden, right? Keeping your way out. What did you say, David? Oh, I said the garden. Oh, the garden. All right. Also, we saw them with Lot. with Lot in Genesis 19. With Lot. Genesis nineteen twelve. The men said unto Lot, Hast thou here any besides? Son-in-law, sons, daughters, whatsoever the house in the city, bring them out of this place, for we will destroy this place, because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is waxing great before the face of the Lord, and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Those were angels. And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place. The Lord will destroy it. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his son in law And when the morning arose, then the angels hastened Lot, saying, Arise, take thy wife, thy two daughters, which are here, lest thou be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered... The men, men, angels, men, angels, can't really tell the difference now. The men laid hold upon his hand, upon the hand of his wife, upon the hand of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful unto them. And they brought him forth, set him without the city. It came to pass, and they brought forth, he said, escape for thy life. Look not behind thee, neither stay thou on the plain. Escape to the mountain. See, what are the angels doing there? Angels were sent to warn Lot and his family. Angels were sent to save Lot and his family. Angels were sent to keep Lot and his family. Angels are commissioned to keep us as it says in Psalm 91:11, Psalm 91:11, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Angels kept Daniel by closing the mouths of lions, Daniel 6:22, Daniel 6:22. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth, that they hurt not hurt me. Angels set Paul free in Acts five nineteen, but the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison's doors, brought him forth, and said, so forth. Angels are sent to guide us when we don't know what to do, as they did with Joseph, husband of Mary. But Matthew 1.20, while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. Acts twenty seven twenty two. Now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there should be no loss. Paul speaking. Of, the shi- of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. Angels carry believers home to heaven. Luke 16, It came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Angels execute God's judgment. We saw that with Lot. Acts twelve twenty three. speaking of Herod. Immediately the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory, he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. Angels, strengthen. Luke twenty two forty two. Luke twenty two forty two. 42. Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. Matthew 4, 1. When Jesus was led up of the spirit of the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Matthew 4, 11. The devil leaveth them. Behold, the angels came and ministered to him. Angels will accompany the Lord when he comes back. 2 Thessalonians 1.7, 2 Thessalonians 1, seven. You are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. Angels always obey God perfectly. Psalm 103.20, bless you the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Angels praise God. Psalm eight two. praise ye him, all his angels. Certain angels are assigned to certain people. Matthew 18.10, Matthew 18.10, Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. And sometimes angels, they're not recognized as we saw. Hebrews 13.2 also says, Hebrews 13.2, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Angels bring the law. They bring the law of God to man's minds, Acts 7, 53. received the law by the disposition of angels. Salvation was announced by angels. You know, in in the Christmas account, Luke 2, the angel of the Lord came upon them, the glory of the Lord showed round about them. Angels said, fear not, bring you good tidings, great joy. Angels saw God become flesh. In 1 Timothy 3, 16, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels. Angels ministered during temptations, as we've seen the temptation. Angels strengthened during agony, as we've seen. Angels occupied the empty tomb of the Lord. John 20, 12, John 20, 12. You see a two angels in white sitting, the one at the head, the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Angels proclaim the resurrection. Matthew 28, 7, Matthew 28, 7. The angel answered and said unto the women, fear ye not, I know you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He's not here. He's risen, as he said. Angels announce the return of the Lord. Acts one eleven. Acts one eleven. It's also said, You men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner, as you've seen him go into heaven. Angels rejoice. They rejoice over one sinner that's saved. In Luke 15.10. Luke 15.10. Likewise, they say unto you, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God. Over one sinner that repents. Angels will be the ones who will gather the saved from earth to take them to heaven. Mark thirteen, twenty-seven, Mark thirteen, twenty-seven. Then shall he send his angels and shall gather together his elect. Angels will also gather together all the lost sinners to cast them into hell. Matthew thirteen, forty one, Matthew thirteen, forty one. The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity. So what we've seen here is that angels are God's sent one to do his will, which they do perfectly. And since God loves us, angels are important in bringing God's love to us. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for sending those angels for Jacob and letting Jacob see them for encouragement. Help us, Lord, take what we've learned, heard today, and apply it to our lives in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Tom Cantor, founder of Israel Restoration Ministries and our Bible teacher on the Friendship with God radio program, has created the Friendship with God Study and Reference Bible. It's a King James Study and Reference Bible with over 2,200 total pages, 13 and a half point large font, and has over 600 pages of Bible helps and resources. It has Hebrew root notations in the Old Testament and over 30,000 Bible column and inline scripture references. It also includes daily bread reading notations, a tour of the Bible scripture journey. 12 custom-made full-color maps, and a full-color nine-page History of Israel timeline map. Not to mention incredible concordance and the most popular Bible Scripture References section, Bible Reference Help section, and hundreds and hundreds of other personalized pages from Tom Cantor to grow your friendship with God. It's printed on Finland thin paper printing technology and covered in a black lambskin leather cover with gold lettering. To order your Friendship with God study and reference Bible, go to our homepage on friendshipwithgod.org. friendshipwithgod.org.